There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. Awesome. We have 45 minutes. I say uh, we'll hit record, right? I will start recording. This way we don't miss any of the, the comedy gold that we're going to be spitting up here. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, the did you did you see Batista at, the, at WrestleMania? How he was trying to get into the ring and he face planted. No, no yeah, he face planted. His foot got caught on the ropes. Batista, I, I really don't want that to be me. Batista uh, is a little. Um, a little, uh, what's the... Exuberant? Ring rusts. Oh, yeah. Ring rusts, yeah, that for sure. Man. That's what Hollywood does to you guys. Um, but, yeah, well, once people start trickling in, we'll officially kick it off. But right now, we're just going to talk so that people hear us and are like, hey, there's something going on in there. I want to check out that hey, panel with hey. all the empty chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are sitting in couches. This is the, uh, the ghost cast. Yes. The ghost I, uh, cast. For when, when you first sent me the picture of this room, you're like, no. I was like, no. So, <laughs> other mic. Uh, the this mic sent me a. We gotta fix figure something out. Uh, Mike D. Yeah, just call me D'Angelo. D'Angelo, there you go. There so you when go. D'Angelo sent me the pictures of this panel room, I'm like, they must have switched the numbers up because that looks like where John Wesley. Wesley. <laughs> I Not Weasley, <laughs> Wesley. Uh, that looks like where he's going to be. Like, there's fancy couches. I guess they didn't really mind throwing us in here because it's the first one. Yeah, I mean, but but you've got all week. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's got uh, tomorrow and, and Sunday. This is as well. the panel that I think anyone would say yes to, to be honest. And uh, they did, they did. But we got a very slow trickle of people coming in. It looks like they're. Um, they're yeah, checking like back. The, this like is like a great spot to do a, a panel. It's like know? mystery science theater, but for the people coming <laughs> into the building. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, check out this guy with his camo shirt. I feel, I feel like the first like ten minutes of this panel, because we said we'll go to one twenty-five, right? Yeah, we'll go okay. to one twenty-five. So then we before got we officially minutes. kick the panel off. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait till like this is turned into podcasting and like, <laughs> I don't know what you're gonna do, Mike. Uh, but when I do something like this. Uh, when D'Angelo and I do uh, live shows, I uh, I usually do a pre-intro, or a, I guess a post-intro, it's called, after the fact. Uh, so I'm, there's going to be a lot of explanation. Yeah, we I'm actually, my brother and I are probably going to hop on tonight and do a, like a kind of a recap of what happened, and then uh, we'd like to run the audio from this and, uh, with that intro on it. But this is my first live one. So, um, so you've never done a live podcast before? I have not done a live podcast before. I've done a lot of podcasts before, but I have not done a live one yet. Baptism by... Empty seats. <laughs> candlelight? <laughs> a candlelight, I like it. By sparks. <laughs> yeah, it, live shows are great. And, and something that I came to love last year was the panels, doing, doing these panels. Like, that's something that, like, this was our first panel last year, it was our uh, Marvel panel that we did. Uh, and it gave me like a, a, a jolt. Like, I almost quit live podcasting last year. I had uh, no idea. And then, uh, all because of the, the, the festival that we did. Uh, in January of 2018, because the one I got really, 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 really hammered. That was that was a good time. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, pretty sure like you had a guy who came on to you and you were like, "Yeah, we're fine. We'll get into that later." <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. How's it Welcome going? Welcome in. We got one. We got one. He's just being. He's part of like he's got. He's part of the press, I assume. He's, he's just being cordial. Yeah. He's like these guys need something. <laughs> he sees my press badge. He's like, I feel for that guy. We're gonna. I know, like we can say that it's because no one's inside the building yet. But oh, they're they're in. You can see that line moving oh, now. Oh, here it comes. Here they come. Yeah, yeah. 
And like I said, we, we're just, right now, this is part, the part of the panel where, hey, we're opening the show, so let's just kind of not We're opening the whole convention. We're opening the convention. It's, it's always great when you're scheduled for a time that is before they actually open the doors. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, the problem is... Full, full rooms that way. This was like a very special event, all right? right. We got to talk before the doors were even open. Yeah. I, I, here's what happened, okay? They, they did the schedule, and then they looked, and they're like, oh, man, there's one more that applied. We can't be the guys that said no to one panel, right? Hmm, there's no one going on at one. <laughs> let's just let's put them in panel room one so they can see all the people that... That, that won't be, be able to get in there to hear them. could listen to them. Um, we have important things to say. We want to talk about movies and why they stink <laughs> and how we're going to fix them. Uh... That's what, and well, should that's we do that? Should we at least for the podcast explain what each one, since we have time? Yeah, yeah so because there's someone on the do? press here who's, who's uh, going to, I assume, write glowing reviews. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sparkling reviews. And we have this pre-time. Yeah, so, so what we're going to be doing on the po- for podcast listeners and for our, our lone press guy out there, uh, this is um, my podcast, Everything is Awesome, put this together. Uh, we're, this is Movie Fixers, where we're going to sit down each of us picked a movie that we either liked, loved, or thought could do better, or a combination of all three. And uh, because there's so much negativity in the world, uh, especially when it comes to film, if you follow film Twitter at all, it gets nasty. I, I'm a big fan of like trying to, to be positive about things. So one of the, the, the there's not many rules to this, but like I want us to name positive things about the movies that we're talking about first and foremost. Then we can talk about the bad things that we did not like. Uh, and then if you have anything that you would suggest to fix it, uh, we'll each get about 10 minutes to do that, and then uh, hopefully we'll have uh, questions and answers for a Q&A, is how that's said in... <laughs> uh, you know, I have done a panel before, guys. <laughs> You're just uh, getting the rust off from last year. Yeah. Uh, but we'll do a Q&A and see if anyone has any movies that they would fix. If they, and, and I actually have prizes, baby. You're going to have to really? go back into this for the people who yeah. hopefully are then sitting in the room and explain but, it again. Prizes sounds like there's games. No, yeah, you ask a good question or a question. <laughs> You're in the audience. <laughs> if you show up, you may get a prize. Do you want to hear our movie, our our, our uh, prizes? I should be surprised. Very curious. To, this is exclusive press access. <laughs> <laughs> the Home Alone three film collection, wow. collecting Home Alone one, two, Lost in New York, and three that doesn't star Macaulay Culkin. We're also giving away. This is based on a true story, guys. Kidnapping Mr. Heineken. It was the perfect crime. This is one of those movies that have a tagline. That, did like, you find this? Like, did you go out and specifically look for this, or was this like a gift that you got from I Like to Movie Movie? Probably I okay. Like to Movie Movie gift. It was the perfect crime until they got away with it. But doesn't that mean that it stays the perfect crime? And then uh, this one, we've upgraded from DVD to Blu-ray, DVD, and digital. Super Troopers 2. That's like the one that really like everyone's going to want to go Great for. Price. That's a movie that I could have done for this panel. There you go. <laughs> you know, that's th- th- there's some issues with that movie for sure. I've never watched any of the Super Trooper movies. I'm not <gasps> it's not really my my I don't think it's my cup of tea. How are you part of film I, think, I feel like if you did I'm not really part of film Twitter. If, if you watch the first one, I feel like you would feel like it Maybe. was your cup of tea because so, I mean, it does kind of have like a pseudo Kevin Smith feel to it. Not not a totally Kevin Smith feel. Well, but it's all, it's the same kind of like potty humor. Yeah. And it's right. all, and, you know, it's, so it, like the it. first one's awesome. Yeah. I really like the first one. I had high hopes for the second one. It's not as bad as people say it is. And I right. feel like actually, at least Hudson Hawk, the movie that I'm doing today, <laughs> is, is not as bad as it says. I should probably introduce myself anyway. I'm Mike from the Recasting Couch, and uh, I'll be doing Hudson Hawk today. And um, that movie is another one that, uh, I think is talked about more poorly than it actually is. The first one or the second one? Hudson Hawk? No, no, no. Oh, the, no, no. Uh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, the first one. I mean, the second one. The first one, every, everyone I know loves. Yeah. The second one, I don't really know anyone who's seen it. You know, I haven't is, seen it. Yeah. So, so I, I, I it took too long. I don't want to get too much into it because I want to save it for where actually, we actually kick off the show in a couple minutes here. But watching Hudson Hawk, um, from the bits that I did see, uh, it reminds me that, you know, they're... they're Bruce Willis, there was a time he could act. <laughs> like, he, that's not, like, right, like, modern day Bruce Willis is the same dude in every movie. Right. Yeah, he just turns up for the picture. In the 80s and 90s? I will, say, 90s, I will good. say this, though, I'm not sure that this is one of the movies that he chooses to act in. Well, well <laughs> so he, he, he acts, he may not act well. Right. Well, I mean, I, I fell in love with him from Moonlighting. 
Right, you ever right, watch right. Moonlight? That show was awesome, and he was great in that. And then he yeah. went on to, you know, the Die Hard franchise and all the other stuff that he did. He's done a lot of crap. He's done a lot of great stuff, and yeah. he's just kind of one of those guys. I just feel like his modern day stuff, it's just all very, very similar, whereas, uh, like, that was very, like, f seemed very physical uh, from what I saw. It, it is, it was a weird blending of two genres of yeah. comedy and action that kind of hadn't been done before. Right. And yeah, the only time that you, was, was that before or after uh, Big Trouble in Little China? Uh, after, because that was, uh, Hudson Hawk was like 91. 91. I think Big Trouble in Little China was probably around 87. Gotcha. Uh, they're very similar in a lot of ways, but, but I feel it, like Hudson Hawk is almost like, Almost like making fun of the genre. Well, that's what it's yeah. supposed to be. Should we just do? start just waving to people? I'm sorry to cut you guys off. No, like, no. Hey, guys, come, come watch us talk. We promise for the kids out there, we won't just curse. Just put your ear to the window. <laughs> if you like movies, come on to panel one and come talk movies with us. Yeah, we're going to kick things off officially because there is a panel at 2 o'clock, and I don't want to be Those guys. the guys that make them not do it. You know what I just figured out? That's what he's here for. <laughs> this isn't cosplay. <laughs> the press I, guy's not I even for us. I front row Damn. for the cosplay. I thought these guys were dressed up as podcasters. <laughs> cosplay is a podcaster today. Um, so I, I think now is probably a good time just so that we can be wrapped up by 2 o'clock uh, for, for those guys. So we can kick things off. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is a show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Uh, and as you've heard in this, uh, just before I went live here, um, it sounds like we're doing a panel. That's right, and, and that's because we are. Uh, <clears throat> this week, we are going to be airing um, a panel that we did back in 2019 for the Great Philadelphia Comic Con. Here we are in 2020. Um, the COVID-19 uh, crisis um, has postponed the Great Philadelphia Comic Con 2020 um, until later this fall um, with, I would imagine, um, a potential cancellation. Um, we haven't heard anything about Wizard World. We haven't heard anything about Keystone. We haven't heard anything about PAX Unplugged. Some of my uh, favorite conventions here in Philadelphia. So because, uh, quite honestly, I'm feeling a little... Um, down to the dumps that we're missing all these panels and, and, and conventions and stuff. Uh, and realistically, um, the the Great Philadelphia Comic Con originally was supposed to be in April uh, of 2020. And I it was like within two weeks of um, my wedding, uh, which was originally also scheduled for April. Obviously, that's how time works. And um, so I wasn't planning on going to this con anyway. That being said... Uh, I'm still a little, I'm missing cons, you know, so to celebrate con season even a little bit, um, we are going to air uh, Mike D'Angelo, who is one of the panelists slash co-host of this panel that we're about to air. Uh, he, he conceived this idea called Movie Fixers, where um, it was going to be a podcast where, where two to four of us sat down and picked a movie and we we did some bits and and we we discussed what we would do to change a movie that maybe uh we liked but there were parts that we we felt could be tweaked or movies that we downright did not like but we had ideas to make it better um we we were never able to get the podcast version of that off the ground but we were able to get um it accepted as a panel at the Great Philadelphia Comic Con. So it was really exciting to do this. Um, it was Mike's idea. I kind of just took over as the moderator. Um, that's what I do with these panels. Um, I have a little bit more experience. Um, and it was it was, it was was a lot of fun. Uh, we had Mike from the, um, the recasting couch uh, as, as our panelist and, uh, it was just a lot of fun to sit around and talk about movies. So without any, uh, great Philadelphia comic con, uh, stuff going on right now, I wanted to present some of these panels that we recorded in 2019, but we never aired. We have, I think three from the great Philadelphia comic con and three from wizard world that will be airing over the next several weeks. So uh, I'm not going to keep you too long. I'll be back um, at the end of this to kind of wrap some things up. But big thanks to Mike D'Angelo uh, from the Tellist. Uh, he is the the world the 
spinner of words and worlds over at tellus.com and then mike from the recasting couch thank you guys for being part of this uh panel uh it was our first year in this like really cool room we talked about it probably before um i hopped on here so uh let's get right to it as you heard um we were we we went live as the con doors opened so what you just heard was us kind of like waiting to get the trickling of people um, because uh, it's hard to do a, a panel when there's no one there. Uh, and then when we were running out of time, basically we decided to get started. So what you're about to hear is the official kickoff of uh, movie fixers live at Philadelphia comic-con 2019 with Mike D'Angelo, Mike from the recasting couch and myself uh, right here on everything is awesome on awesomepodcast.com. For anyone that's listening in the the area in panel room one, uh, we're we're talking movies. This is everything is awesome presents movie fixtures, where three guys are gonna sit around and talk about movies that could probably be better with just a couple things that are gonna get tweaked. Instead of doing formal introductions, since we're running uh, low on time, we'll introduce ourselves as we talk about our movies. So let's kick things off with our guest this week, Mike. Welcome. Mike from the Recasting Couch. Uh, just a quick rundown on my podcast. We take our favorite movies and essentially recast them. And we uh, joke a lot along the way. And we, uh, yeah. Very nice. They're long. But there so, goes our okay. host. So, Hudson Hawk, I actually love this movie. But it is universally panned as a pretty bad movie. There is a little bit of a cult thing that goes on with this one. And I think a few tweaks, I mean, of course, to the cast. I brought the cast that we ended up doing for the podcast. Because we've already done this on our podcast. We okay. did this a while back. So I have the, the cast list. Um, it, it, <laughs> just to give you some idea of how poorly people think of this movie, the Rotten Tomato score, the critics gave this a 26. Oof, that's and rough. And, the, that, and that's an old 26, that's, too. That's, that's not old, a new 26. Yeah. And then the audience gave it a 56, which is better, but still not good. Now, for for people like me, and it's been probably like 20 years since I've seen it, like what was the movie like, just like a real quick rundown of what the concept was? Uh, well, uh, I think that that's part of the problem is that no one was really sure what the concept is. But it, <laughs> right. was, it was essentially a, it was an action comedy, right? And it was kind of an early genre action comedy, but it was actually spoofing the whole action, uh, the whole action genre. That was kind of the idea. And I thought that it... It played, I, when I first watched the movie, I thought it was a, a comic book right. that they turned into a movie. Because okay. it, it feels and runs like a comic book. It has villains like a comic book. It has little one-liners. It has set scenes. It really felt like a comic book movie to me. Uh, and then I come to find out that this was like a passion project of, of uh, um, Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah, I believe, if I read those opening credits uh, correctly, over, I don't know if it ties in at the end, an intro to the movie that seems to have nothing to do with the actual movie. There is like a 15-minute intro to the movie that I wouldn't say has nothing to do with it, but it has very little to do I, with it. I, and, <laughs> and it could easily be cut and make the movie better. So that was right. one of my first things I would do. Is I would just cut that whole... Just first, obliterate that section. The right. whole Da Vinci, back in his time right. part, get rid of all of that crap. It's, but that's, yeah, I did read that he Bruce Willis did the story for this. That was my point initially. There's also the last scene in the movie where he like finally gets his cup of cappuccino and then throws the cup. Looks like it was done on a flip foam from 99 like it really is well that was good for the time considering (laughs) against the quality of the rest of the movie that feels like a real legitimate movie it's this like weird little scene that's totally not necessary and they clearly like we need to end this piece of crap somehow so like (laughs) fly to Italy go stand over some beautiful vista and someone take whatever camera they have in their pocket and let's get the final scene it really is that bad it's really it it takes you out right at the end for no reason and you like this movie I love this movie (laughs) like I know it's 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 I mean, objectively, it's garbage. It's a garbage yeah. movie. But I love this movie. I really have. I've probably seen this movie twenty-five times. I love it. it see, I've tried watching it twice. Hudson Hawk. Now, part of it might be because I, it was ten o'clock at night. I had you know woken up at five a.m. Did the whole dad thing. Did the whole like coaching baseball thing. Fell asleep both nights trying to watch this movie. The first night, before that first fifteen minutes is done. Because I was, I didn't know what I was watching. 
that's just my review of the movie. I need to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it is, if you don't, well, okay, another issue that this movie had, at least from the box office standpoint, is that, because this cost $65 million to make, which I'm not sure where that $65 million went, because if you watch it, it doesn't look like a $65 million movie. It was a laundering money project. It, yeah, not in $91 either, but it only made $17.5 million. The, the, they played, like, the, the ad campaign for this was that this was going to be a Bruce Willis action movie. Okay. And so people show up and it's like comedy and slapstick and everyone's like what the hell is going on with this movie? Uh, one of the things that I think my, the number one thing that I think that would make this movie better, I would love to see uh, a guy like Edgar Wright get a hold of this. Mm-hmm. So uh, like a okay. remade version of a this movie? A remade version of this movie because music is really heavily involved in this movie. Yeah. It has a comic book feel. So if you think of something between Baby Driver and uh, Scott Pilgrim, and Scott Pilgrim I think that this movie, I think he could really, really have fun with this genre. Yeah, I think really if you like stylize this. it, yeah, I 100%. think it would pick they, up really well. They went for style in certain scenes and other scenes. It was more like a movie. They really were kind of all, it feels like it was directed by like six people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really all over the place. But I don't want to take up too much time, but just to go over some of my casting, I'll give you just the top one. So Hudson Hawk, Tommy Five Tone, Anna, uh, whatever the hell her name is, and George Kaplan are the top four guys. Actually, I'll give you the other ones too. Darwin Mayflower and Minerva Mayflower. Hudson Hawk played by Bruce Willis, Tommy Five Tone played by Danny Aiello, Anna played by Andy McDowell, uh, Kaplan played by George James Coburn, and then the Mayflower crazy people played by Richard E. Grant and Sandra Bernhardt. I actually wouldn't recast either of the two of them because they're so zany and outlandish and crazy. It made the movie fun. Actually, their scenes were some of the best in the whole movie because it made sense with what was actually going on. But if I had to recast this the way that um, I would have done, I probably would have had John Hamm as Bruce Willis if I was doing that now. I I like that because he's... He's done some great comedy stuff. He's lately. funny yeah, as hell, yeah. and he's obviously he can do action. He's like a strapping, yeah. you know, buck kind of dude. And he's done a lot of good comedy lately too. He the first time I ever saw him was on um, Scott Ackerman's show back in the day when it was called Comedy Death Ray. Okay. And he used to come in and do voices on that show, and he was funny on that show. Um, the Tommy Two Tone I would do Joe Montana, although Danny Aiello could do it now. As far as I'm concerned, he's so good. He's charming as hell in that movie. Uh, Andy McDowell I'd switch out with Renee Russo because I'm in love with her. And and they're almost like the same person in in like a certain light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, for uh, Richard E. Grant, although as much as I wouldn't probably change him out, I would have done Tim Curry, like Clue Tim Curry. Oh, that's there. good. And then uh, for um, to switch out for Sandra Bernhardt, I would probably do Amanda Plummer. If you remember Amanda Plummer from, uh, um, she was, uh, oh Jesus, from... Uh, this is, this is my mistake, not Pulp yours. Fiction. <laughs> no, Pulp Fiction, she was the crazy one who sticks up the diner. Don't oh. any of you MFers Yeah, that? vaguely. I got the no. picture. Yeah, and then for James Coburn, John Lithgow, just because I think John Lithgow is awesome. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I think that if you kind of mixed it around a little bit and shook it and re- redid it, I think that that would make a really fun movie. So, so really, uh, the only fixing you need is like a little bit of a recasting and cutting the first 15 in that last scene. And the stylizing. Well, the style, you need, uh, Edgar Wright's the key. He, okay, him yeah. as director is the key because he would have script oversight because the, the, the jokes right, in this right, movie, right, 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 right. some hit and some are so god-awful. Yeah. So it's really in places. So I think that he, with script oversight and his vision, he would be able to absolutely fix all of that stuff. And uh, the style is, stylize it between the music and then having that kind of comic book feel, I think he would crush it. I think it would be a really fun remake. No one would do it, by the way. No studio would ever put money behind that project. But I think it would be funny as hell. But you could almost do it like, but under like a pseudonym. And get away with it, I feel like. You could do it for cheaper than $65 million Oh, yeah. These days, like, you, you could did, probably, I don't know yeah. what, unless, unless it was just like, you know, I, I feel Bruce like Willis getting 20 Your guy something. and the guy who directed the movie that I'm going to talk about, Matthew Vaughn, he would be really good at it as well, I feel like. Based on the movie that he did. But, uh, which well, very super to, stylized. Yeah, and super, yeah, 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 yeah. You got the kick-ass and, and uh, the Kingsman and everything yeah, like that. So. But I feel like, like how much did, let's, let's take Tag. Tag, the cast that you recasted with, right? Pretty much, like, it sounds like budget-wise, you could use Tag as, like, your, your go-to point. Yeah. How much did Tag cost to make? Like the movie Tag? Yeah. I actually 
liked that movie. Yeah, I liked yeah, it too. I loved it too. That's yeah. I, and it couldn't have cost a lot. I, I mean, can't there imagine. Was a, there was a bit of location, which is probably what cost a bit, and then the actors were very well known. Right, right. Yeah, I can't imagine that movie costing more than than sixty five million in today's standard. Like sure, in yeah. twenty whenever it was released. Yeah. So yeah, you can make uh, a Hudson Hawk if you do it under a, another name with Edgar Wright's vision. You can do it for probably fifty million or less. I think I, to- I totally think you could, and it would be really fun to see. Uh, and so to catch people up that are just walking in, we are uh, talking about movies that we want to fix. Um, pretty self-explanatory. And uh, we have a, uh, a, a Muppet, a puppet. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> As I had one, but my kids ripped the eyes off. Uh, okay. Of course. It was awful. You could still use it. No, It'd I, be... it got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so we just talked. You, uh, do you have any more points for Hudson Hawk? No, no, no. I mean, I, whatever. I could talk. I already have <laughs> talked about it for three hours on a podcast, <laughs> so I can continue to go if you let me. But no, go ahead. All right. So, uh, uh, Mike, D'Angelo, let's go with uh, your, your plugs and uh, introduce yourself in your movie. Hi, everybody. Uh, I am Mike D'Angelo. I am the writer of the Tellist Fantasy Books. You can find me on Twitter at Tellist, T-E-L-L-E-S-T. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tellist Books. Um, I am going to be talking today about uh, Matthew Vaughn's Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Um, I really, really, really like the movie, which is why I feel like I can lambast it. Actually, Kingsman, The Golden Circle was the, uh, the, the film that got us to the point where we were ready to talk about this kind of podcast. Right, right, um, right, right, right. That was like the, the very first one. It was like all it needed was like that one little, and then it would have been. Which, yeah, which like it's like, man, there's so many movies out there that we always talk about. Like, I would do this and that. It yeah. took that movie to. Yeah, it, it was just that one little thing because the, the plot of the movie just needed to be like pushed a little bit further. Right. Or, or not as far, depending on what parts of the movie you were talking mm-hmm. about. Because I did spend some time to kind of figure it out and everything. Um, so first off, I really, really like it. it uh, the cast is perfect. There's no one in that cast who, who I would replace. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Colin Firth and Taron Egerton, uh, who, Egerton, Egerton, who, uh, who kill it. Um, he's and gonna, then, yeah, he's playing uh, yeah, he's got, he's Elton, Elton John. Yeah, and, and, and Elton was in The in Golden Circle, <laughs> yes. um, which was fantastic. And you, you didn't get a chance to catch it yet, No, right? I, yeah, that, so Hudson Hawk was available for free on Crackle. So if you haven't watched it and you want to, based off of Mike's uh, talking of it, I, I think it's, I, I need to watch it when I'm fully awake because I think it's a good, a good movie. Okay, I think it's a good movie to watch on a rainy Sunday day or something like that. Hudson yeah. Hawk? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Golden Circle you can't watch for free, so I didn't watch that. No, not yet. <laughs> not no. yet. I will, I will. I just couldn't find it on Netflix or anything. So, I mean, it was, it was a Fox film, so maybe that'll be on Disney, Disney Plus, Plus in November. Which I am... That's a whole. That's, a, that's Sunday's discussion, guys. Was it yesterday that they came out with their? Or yeah, they, they talked about all the information for it and everything. Simpsons, everything single. We'll probably be talking about Disney Plus on Sunday's panel at two p.m. You don't want us to talk about it for twenty one. minutes on this panel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll be talking um, about Disney Plus for sure. So, all right. So, I already talked about the awesome cast. There's there's tons of other people who I'll bring up as I'm talking about what needs to be fixed. Um, it's got a really good story, mm-hmm. considering what it is. I mean, it, it's another film that's a parody of other things and everything. It's, it doesn't take itself too seriously, obviously. No, it definitely doesn't take itself seriously. Um, and the, the cinematography is fantastic throughout. Like, mm-hmm. it is just this wonderful, like, film that, like, Matthew Vaughn does a great job of picturing everything the way right, he right, wants right, to right. and everything. Again, um, super stylistic. Very stylistic. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know his work because you've seen X-Men First yeah, Class. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I really like First Class. I, yeah. I like Vaughn's work. I, I like just about all of his films. And, right. and my favorite one that he did, and I don't think a lot of people realize it at first, is um, Stardust. Neil Gaiman's. Oh, I've never seen that. That is like top of the... That is like I today's to. Princess Bride. Yeah. Like, that is... Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. It's, it's lovely. It's wonderful. It's, I, I feel like... That was like the big Neil Gaiman film, like, right. and, and more of his stuff is coming out, obviously. But like, that always is going to have a very special place in my right, heart. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it changes a little bit. And actually, um, you'll see a lot of his his um, he like he uses Mark Strong a lot, right. um, who's in Stardust as well, and you don't know because you've never seen it. Um, I know Michelle Pfeiffer's in it, right? And yeah, yes, yeah, and and uh, Robert De Niro as well. Okay. Um, I get behind that. And and the Daredevil himself. Um, Charlie Cox. Oh, okay. So I've, yeah, I've sold. It's really good. It's really good. And actually, um, Superman. Um, Cavill. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's. Right, right. You wouldn't recognize him at all. Um, yeah, I'm sold. 
I'm sold on that movie. So, so now that I've talked about how much I like the movie, I have to start kind of tearing it down a little bit. <laughs> Tear it down. So, and you haven't seen it, so you're not, but you've seen it, right? You've I've, seen the Golden I Circle? Have, uh, I have, I'm familiar with it, yeah. It's, right. I, I wouldn't say I've committed it to memory, but I have a pretty good idea. So I'm just going to hit the, the very final beat, like the main kind of crux of the story. So the whole concept is the Golden Circle is this drug organization that's ruled by Julianne Moore, who... They're, they're trying to hold all drug addicts. She lives in a 50s oasis, right? Yeah, like, yeah, and this, and this weird, yeah, it almost looks like, like something out of Fallout, but like it's, it's been kept up. No, it's funny, I, it felt almost like, uh, uh, you ever see the movie Cars? The, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they have that one little enclave in the middle of the desert with all these uh, yeah, like, yeah, 50s yeah, yeah. style things. Uh -huh. It kind of felt a little bit like that. It's very, yeah, and, it's, and it doesn't stand out to like everything else. Like everything else in the movie is very like, very now and contemporary and everything, and this is just... She's just very a crazy retro, lady and it, it, it almost feels like it was made and it, it built around Elton John's character. Like that—that that seems I, like the I, only place that it fit in. Yeah, it was—it was a little weird, but it was kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But so the whole concept is Julianne Moore is this this drug lord essentially, and she's holding all drug addicts hostage with this drug that everyone has been infected with, and they're going to say, "All right, we're going to kill everybody unless you pay up." Mm -hmm. But the whole concept is, like, they're drug addicts. Why do we care about them? So the fix is, you don't worry about killing the drug addicts. You make it look like they're the ones who are going to be the ones in trouble. And then you've come to find that everybody else is actually sick. And they're almost like the ones who have been inoculated. So, like, you get to see it firsthand, but they don't actually get sick and die. So, like, the president is, like, the one who's like, let them all die. But, right, 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 right. but then the president sub suddenly gets sick, and they're like, nope, pulled a sneaky on you. You're the one who's going down. It's like a World War Z thing where yeah. you have to, like, get infected with the disease so that Just to live, don't yeah. eat you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's, okay. for, as far as plot goes, that's, like, the biggest one that you need, and okay. then everything is figured out. Right, 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 right. So then we move on to... You got notes, Oh, dude. I got notes. So the, one of the biggest problems was... And you, you probably know this even without having seen the movie. They spoiled one of the guys who dies in the first movie. He comes back in the second movie. Uh, I mean, I, had, I never saw the first movie. I'm not a yeah. Kingsman person, but... Yeah. So, so Colin Firth's character, Harry, comes back. Yeah, he, he, he gets shot in the face. Okay. Like he, the, so there's this awesome sequence in the first movie where like everyone's killing each other in a church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't kill people in churches, people. This is just... This is, it it's an awesome time. sequence. Yeah, yeah. It's a movie, guys. <laughs> um, it's incredible. Like the, the, the cinematography in that movie is absolutely right. just wonderful as well. Um, and then Samuel Jackson meets Harry outside of the church and just blows him away, one shot. So they bring him back, which is silly in the first place. But, but they showed... But he was heavily marketed for the sequel. Yeah. I do remember the marketing for this movie. Yes, and, and Matthew Vaughn was begging for them not to do it. And they were just like... Nope, it's it's fine, it, and it's it's equivalent to like knowing that Arnie was the good Terminator, and right. I mean, it's it's that bad. Like right, right, right. you don't do that. Like you keep it a secret, and then like it lifts people up a little bit. I yeah. try I try to avoid any media when it comes to movies I want to see. Yeah. especially I these days. Oh, yeah, I'm actually trailers, surprised. I avoid everything. Marvel, like they do a great job keeping things down. The only thing is like knowing that Spider-Man is coming back and they have no control over that. But right, it's but like you the same. I, I, okay, I'm going to save it for Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I can go on a lot of things about that one. But yeah, that's, I get what you're saying. So, and then another part of the marketing was you thought that like going into this movie, Channing Tatum was going to be a huge part of it. I mean, he he's in all the trailers and everything and then he gets sidelined along with some of the characters from the first movie, um, Channing Tatum's in it for like a minute. You find out he's in, he's one of the drug users, mm. but like he's a recreational drug user. He's not an abuser. He just uses it recreationally. So he's sidelined right away. Like he's one of the people who's getting sick and needs to like you need to pay the ransom kind of right, thing right, or right, get right. the antidote or whatever it yeah. is. And then uh, there was an agent Roxy from the first movie as well who. <laughs> Right off the bat, they just completely wipe her out. And okay. all you need to do for either of them is you bring in another character to be the druggie for yeah, yeah, Channing yeah, yeah. Tatum. And for her, you just throw her into a safe room or something yeah. like that. I wouldn't be surprised if she came back and they kind of retcon that. But I mean, they have no problem retconning characters dying in that, in that franchise, Mike. No. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the fourth point, uh, Pedro Pascal who did you you didn't even get past the red wedding in uh, game of thrones right we never established no, no, that I'm, yeah i'm in season three so so, so the fourth season he comes in and he's awesome yeah. um pedro pascal he's he's been in a lot of stuff he's going to be the mandalorian okay um so 
his the whole thing is Harry like right from the get go knows that Pedro Pascal, who's a good guy, he's um, whiskey in mm-hmm. in this movie, uh, one of the statesmen. He knows right away that he's a bad guy, so he's telling the audience, "Hey, this guy's going to turn on everyone." And then like, there's like, "No, I'm not going to be a bad guy." But yes, you're a bad guy, and we all know it now because you've told us so. Right, 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 right. You just don't do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah, yeah, would yeah. fix a lot of problems. And then the last piece is. The movie obviously is a parody of itself, but it, it kind of takes things too far. Like the first movie, everything was pretty solid through, mm-hmm. and then they talk to the the main character talks to a Swedish princess who says that she'll let him perform anal sex on her out of nowhere in the movie <laughs> if if he saves the world. Wow. He saves the world, and then the end credits is him going no. back and yes, yeah. and 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 actually they're together in the second movie. So this this one off character becomes. Just a big part of the second movie. <laughs> fact, there, isn't there a reference or two to that also in the movie where they kind of allude to like? Well, there's so when? they do something like that, and then the whole thing is like people were complaining about right. that scene, yeah. and they brought it back by way of, he, but like to the extreme because <laughs> he had to figure out where this girl was going by putting like a tracker on her, mm-hmm. but not on her, in her, in and her. not. Not, oh. not like have a drink. Like yeah. he had to put like a condom on his it's finger like this weird and finger condom thing. There's and, a lot. Okay, there, yeah, that's a lot. To and there was a thing. camera that yeah. caught like like it wasn't gr- like gratuitous, but like it was gr- grody. Right, see, right, now, right, right. Now you want to see this movie? Right? <laughs> no, I, I want to see it so I can just. I, I'm already like that's like number one thing for me. To change. Like, come on, guys. Yeah, it was it was very out of left field. Like even for what it was, and and the movie became I feel like too self aware. Yeah, I, I uh, really. Liked liked the first one a lot. I was like, Colin Firth, really? He's going to be an action star? Like, come yeah. on. And then I watched it, I was like, holy shit, he's, he's an action it, star. It did really right? well. Right? Like, I was, I was shocked. But the second one, I was like, ah, oh, come on. It, like, it just went so, the last 20 minutes of that movie, it's like, it goes so far off the deep end. Yes. And then with the third one, they just take it farther like well they, the third the third kingsman yeah well that's not out yet there um the third kingsman is oh. going to be a prequel and i think that's coming out next year um oh, 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 but i don't know yeah. what movie you're talking about and no, i no, want to no, know no, 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 we're interested in that movie no 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 no. i was thinking that uh i don't know what the hell i was thinking <laughs> but i, I want to know what you movie need your you're coffee sir yeah well i haven't finished it yet <laughs> um i went I, out and forgot my keys that's how much i need the coffee is that it 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 uh it it almost goes too far yeah, in the sense right. that it Hudson Hawk does it too but it, there's <laughs> a certain point where like you can suspend disbelief up to a certain point and then yeah, at right. a certain point you go like now you're creating like this weird universe and you've got like new physics involved and like there's like a whole strange thing that goes on there yeah, yeah it just it departed a little too much from my taste from the first one agreed Good. I'm done. I'm done. All right. So we're. Uh, well, I'm the host of this uh, panel, and, and everything is awesome. My name is Kevin Gallagher. Uh, I, the main thing I do is host Everything Is Awesome, and then do panels at, uh, at conventions like this. Um, and I'm going to be talking about uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And I am going to, you know, start with positives. For those that missed it, like we're trying to focus on positives first uh, because we are going to crap on these movies. Here's a hot take for you. Second time I've watched this ever was last night. Okay. Uh, right? I can believe that. <laughs> it's, I am shocked at how much I did not hate it last night. I did not hate this movie. That like, is, I thought I hated it. That is a hot take. That's <laughs> a hot take. All right? Uh, a couple things. So here's some facts for you. 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 78% on Rotten Tomatoes, and an average of 2.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd, which I think is what that, it's all that is deserved. Like, it sure. covers somewhere, for me, about a C movie. Well, and we've always said it, like, and, and maybe you went into it thinking this way. As, as an Indiana Jones movie, not so good, but as a movie by itself, which doesn't take itself seriously. Right, right. So, so here's, here's my positives, is, is that there's a couple Easter eggs that I really like. I think the hat gimmick goes a little too far. They take it too far, but it's still, I like that they reference the fact that the hat means something to him, that he has to always go and rescue the hat or whatever. Um, the arc, of course, is a great thing, which I'm going to touch on in my fixes in just a second. Um, I do think it 
feels like an Indiana Jones movie. Like, if you really watch that movie and, and look for all the beats that you're looking for in an Indiana Jones movie, the sound effects, sure. the, the, the campiness of, of that character, I guess. I feel like it feels like a fan-made Indiana Jones movie, uh, though, and that's the problem. I, I, I think that's, I like that, yeah. I felt like they were making fun of the genre. Yeah, I, it yeah, really almost. bothered me. See, I, I, I honestly, it really bothered me. And, and like, reading, I up, hate this movie with a passion. See, I don't. I don't <laughs> see, I thought I did too, and I don't. I, I actually, um, I, I, I'm. It makes me excited for a fifth movie, for them to get it right. And I'm gonna work on. I'm gonna talk more about that when I get to my fixes. Um, the cast is actually amazing for the most part in this movie. Uh, obviously, Harrison Ford. Is, you know. He was, this was 10 years ago, 11 years ago. So he was still kind of youngish. Um, I, I feel like they played him older than he was. Yes, I think they did. He was actually um, the same age as Sean Connery was for uh, Last Crusade. So, or older. He may have been even older than Sean Connery was when Sean Connery did Last Crusade. But he's great. Uh, I love Karen Allen. I love that she, they brought her back. I love Kate Planchett. Um, I love John Hurt in this movie. Like the cast, there's really like, and their performances are like, I think okay. I noticed you didn't mention Shia LaBeouf. No, I, I have my negative column still. <laughs> um, and and I really liked how, spoiler alert, the movie kind of ends on, on a way where you think that this is the conclusion to Harrison Ford's story as Indiana Jones with him and and Marion getting married. Like that, I didn't like realize how much that actually meant to me as a fan of this this franchise. Um, <laughs> Are they? Nobody wants to They're hear you guys. <laughs> oh no. Are we in Saw? <laughs> I just felt like now he's going to shut the door and it's going to be like, it's going to be locked. Good luck, get out, guys. Reigns of Castamere starts playing. <laughs> um, <laughs> let us out. They let the, y'all read the series called The Hatching by Ezekiel Boone. It's a great book series. Read it. They unleash these man-eating spiders is what's going to happen right now. Anyway. Um, Thanks. So th- Thanks for that. <laughs> so, so there are my positives. I, I, it's not a terrible movie. It's not a good movie, but it's not terrible. Negatives. <clears throat> okay, nuke the fridge. I think is the obvious one, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. They lost me in the first five minutes. Like that. That is that. The CGI gophers all not great. Um, that that that's like I, the openings. Once you get to Indiana Jones, the opening feels it, it does feel like an indie movie. You get after you get to him in Nuketown, USA, uh, and and it gets and and having seen the movie before last night, I was like, oh boy, here it is. I, I forgot it was this early in the movie. Uh, and, and so, yeah, Mutt Williams, what a waste of a character. Like, I, I, I don't, and maybe it was because it was Shia playing him. Um, so, and, and I, I refuse to watch it again, but, but was he like as bad as, as I remember, or was it just like certain things that they made him do? I think, I think it was more script yeah. than it was Shia. Now, mind I was, you, I was really excited to have him. This is before right. he went off the deep right, end, right? right? So, and I this had might known have been him because, like, why he went off the deep end. Shortly thereafter, he went crazy. But it was uh, there was a lot of movies that he had done up until that point that I really liked right, him in. Right, I thought, right. it, like, I Robot. I don't know if you ever saw I Robot, oh, yeah, where yeah. he's like the snarky little kid. Yeah, Even yeah. the first Transformer movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was fine, and I liked that movie. And, I, and yeah, as much as I think we all blame Shia LaBeouf for this movie, I, I don't think it's his fault. But the character of Mutt Williams does not work for me. I know you need a character in that role. I just I feel like it would you would have been best to kind of go through the the what you know in Indiana Jones and just have the kid sidekick. Yeah. Maybe have him be an adult that's that's Mutt Williams' age, but I, I don't know that he needs to be Indy's kid. I don't know that he needs to be terrible. <laughs> you know, um, you know. Uh, swinging on the vines is one of my issues with that. That is like the worst part of the movie, I right. think, is, is the swinging awful. with monkeys. It was like yeah. an 80s video game. Right, yeah. right, right. Because uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like you Jungle ever play Hunt. football or a pitfall? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I think, I think that actually might even be worse for me than the, the nuked fridge. Right. Uh, the only thing that's worse than the nuked fridge for me is, is the fact that this movie leans into the sci-fi and leans into the aliens and, and space, the spaceships. It leans into it way too much. I, and I'll get to it in my fixes. I was not a fan of that. Um, in, Indiana Jones' disbelief in, in the supernatural when he's talking with Mutt in the beginning of the film, dude, yeah, like, like you found the ark, you found you, you've seen the all knight this who's been alive stuff. for thousands of years. Right, you've seen all this. 
Um, the threatening of Shia taking over the mantle at the end when he grabs the hat, that was too campy for me. Like, no one wants this kid. Like, I, you have to feel that as filmmakers, right? Is that only because you hated him so much that you didn't like that, or you didn't like the no. device? Because I thought the device itself of the passing of the hat made a lot of sense. Yeah. No, because here's, here's my thought on So let's get into my fixes real quick before we have to wrap up here. My fixes for the, the, the first easy fix for this, this movie is that you, you, unfortunately, you don't cast Harrison Ford. Uh, and, and I think once you close up this loop with Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones in the fifth movie, you treat this like Batman, you treat this like uh, James Bond. You don't pass the mantle of Indiana Jones. There's just Indiana Jones adventures. They take place in... Well, yeah, and, and we've seen that because they had young Indiana Jones right. adventures. They had uh, River Phoenix. Right. And, and the concept of Indiana Jones is the American James Bond anyway. Right, 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 right. So. And I, I think that's what you do. I think I, I think that's what you need to do. I think that would have been a great way to... One way to fix this movie because that eliminates butt for the most part. I, I, I think it would probably eliminate the sci-fi aspect because I don't think they would go down that road with, with you know, a, a, another Indiana... Like, if you keep it in those like 20s, 30s era, you know, you're not going to go to Roswell, you know. Um, another quick fix, get rid of the aliens. You know, you could have danced on that with the, with the skulls. Um, you could have had the crystal skulls, just don't have them merge and the skeletons merge into one actual alien. Don't show the spaceship. You can have that pillar they're on collapse without a spaceship. You can have those beams of energy going into Kate Blanchett's head. Um, you can have all that happen. Don't show the actual alien. Yeah, let it's the not viewer, like we didn't see Jesus when right, the Ark of the Covenant. Right, and, and you let the viewer kind of, you know, just take it for, you know, maybe this is an alien story. Maybe it's just some sort of weird religious thing. Yeah. Which is what Indiana Jones is. It's like, it's, it's weird religious adventures to me. Yeah. Um, at, at a, <laughs> you know. Indiana Jones and his fourth weird religious adventure. <laughs> um, I, I think that if, you know, we said it earlier, we don't make this an Indiana Jones movie. You call it Billy Joe goes on the adventure of a lifetime and finds aliens or something like that. Even Harrison Ford could star in this movie and not be Indiana Jones. Yeah. And this movie would be great. I yeah, would love it. But, but mixing that with uh, swinging on vines and giant No, but you eliminate that. Like I, that yeah, yeah, you eliminate that. Yeah. You, you, eliminate, you still have to eliminate some of the stuff that, I, like, that, that I've yeah. eliminated already. You eliminate some of that stuff, you, and you just, just make this a story with a younger guy in the role, or even an older guy. He could be an older teacher, maybe not as old as, as Harrison Ford was then, but you're just not making an Indiana Jones movie. And I think it's actually a good story, just not good for Indy. To, to, it almost rolls into what you had the problem with, with the Hudson Hawk. It felt like three different movies kind of tacked right. together. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I go with that. I think my biggest issue, with, well, maybe not my biggest, there's lots of issues I have with that movie, but one of the biggest issues is that I didn't feel like they paid homage to the, to the actual character I, from the beginning. Like, agree. it was the same issue. My number one fix of this movie is get George Lucas the hell away from it. As right, far right, right, away right, right, as possible. Right, 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 right. right, like he was one of the writers on it and one of the producers, yeah. I believe. Get Definitely him producer. The hell, oh, no, right. I know he was one of the script writers, too. Okay, I then, yeah, he was it. both. Get him the hell away from this movie because right. we already saw what he did with Star Wars. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and, and he has an almost like fan writer quality to yeah, him. I right. thought that the, the aliens were like this movie's Jar Jar Banks. It was right, right, really, right, 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 it was really rough, and I really didn't like it. What I loved about the other movies is that they never did introduce aliens. It was always some kind of cool supernaturally like supernatural religious kind of thing and I mean, like right. the crystal, crystal skulls they really do exist and everything like they, they are oh, part yeah, of like sure. real you know you could and, have spun this mythology. movie without aliens I yes, was definitely. so excited to see the crystal skulls thing because they're real yeah. I mean they don't know how they tie together if they do or any of that stuff but they I thought a cool story could have been weaved together to, yeah. to bring right. the crystal skulls together and aliens was just the wrong and, and way you know what it. actually would have been a great 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 story and this is me taking taking from the hatching series that I'm reading because it talks about the Nazca lines which is part of this movie have it be some sort of weird like monster movie a little bit or supernatural movie with supernatural spiders like that would have been awesome I think and maybe I'm just in this hatching thing you're just right into now. spiders right now but yeah maybe reason. I'm just into spiders right now but like that would have been a cool thing to do I think and also here's my final fix not easter egg that arc right Make that part of the story. You're at the warehouse where the Ark of the Covenant is at, right? The Russians are asking for a crate. You're setting yourself up for, I think, a great like little side story here yeah. that they need this Ark, that Russians need the Ark, that Indy 
got years ago, years and years and years ago, he got the Ark, he put it away in storage because no one should have it. They want it, not for the same reason the Nazis did. There's something, some dopey clue. They basically trashed the Ark or whatever. Or maybe they just... There's something else in the box with the Ark. They break off a piece of the Ark and they're like, we need this to go do to go find the skull. Yeah. Just use the Ark as a part of your story instead of the alien body that they... they the mummified body. Use the, uh, the Ark. I think if you incorporate more of the past, because you're doing that already with the nod to that, the nod to the hat, the nod with Marion in the yeah. movie and her get, and them getting married. You're nodding to the past already. Why not fully embrace it and, and make the arc part of the story? I think if done well, it would have worked. And, and, and there's just, eliminate, the, I think, the, the mutt thing completely and, and um, I think make it not an Indiana Jones movie is probably the two best things to do. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't mind the Mutt character at all. My biggest, my number one biggest problem with this movie outside of the aliens and all that kind of nonsense was um, Harrison Ford just phoned it in. Like, he didn't yeah, care. No, I, well, I, he didn't we, care at We've all. discussed that as well. And, and that's kind of his acting shtick anyway. For the last, like, ten years. For right, the last, right, right, right. E- even back in Star Wars, in the, in the original. Uh, it's kind of like he's it, just being him. But then it was a laid-back cool, right? Yeah, true. And then he went on to do, like, the, all of the... the um, Clear and Present Danger and all those, yeah. and he actually yeah 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 those were regarding Henry and stuff. He did some really really good work, yeah. and then like ten or fifteen years ago, he's just like I'm eh, bigger than these, these movies. It. Yeah, all right. if you want to, pay, I guess for twenty million, I'll do it. <laughs> you know like, that kind of stuff. It's crazy, and uh, but the best thing you could have done for this is somehow make him care. And I don't know if that's uh, yeah possible. yeah, but I think and, we, and he may have looked at it the same way that we did, and like this this is this he's is also hot garbage. The patriarch of this whole thing, right? Yeah. So if he had cared, Shia LaBeouf would have put right, a right, better right, performance, right, right. and you know. But there would have been a lot. There would have been more. Yeah. All right. So we, I do want to wrap up before the next. So the next con or the next panel can go before we go because there's not that many people in here. Uh, <laughs> Q and A. Is there any movies that you want us to fix that you would fix that you want to talk about? People in the audience. Haven't seen it, haven't and that's how you fix it. <laughs> uh, we're giving away three movies, so go ahead and uh, we'll just throw those out there. They're all alt for grabs. They're all broken now. <laughs> uh, the cases are broken. Uh, there you go. No, 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 no. Yeah. Share those with those. All right, guys. Uh, this has been Mike from the Recasting Podcast. Couch. Recasting Couch. Recasting couch. Close enough. I was close. Recasting couch. You figured we already have the couch. Yes, so. yeah. That's right. Mike D'Angelo from the world of Telist. I'm with Everything is Awesome. Make sure you come check us out. Uh, we're doing panels for the DCEU uh, tomorrow at 3 p.m. And we're doing a panel on Sunday for Marvel uh, at 2 p.m. at Panel Room 1 right here. So come talk Marvel and DC with us this weekend. It's going to be great. Thanks for coming. Find me on awesomepodcast.com at that nerdy cav at Tellist, at Recasting. The RecastingCouch.com is our website. At RecastingPod is on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Awesome. All right. Uh, we're going to make room for the next panel. Thanks for coming, guys. It's been great. See you next time. Thank you, everybody. Later. Big thanks to both Mike D'Angelo and Mike from the Recasting Couch podcast for being a part of this panel. Movie Fixers was a lot of fun. It was the first time we ever did something like this. It was completely different. Um, in 2018, we did a few panels that were very Marvel, and um, I think that's it, Marvel, just Marvel-centric. I don't know if we got a chance to do our DC panels in 2018. Um, but this was our first non-comic book panel um, at the Great Philadelphia Comic Con uh, of 2019. It was a lot of fun to do. It was fun talking about um, Hudson Hawk, uh, the Kingsman, and uh, Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And hearing all the different ideas to kind of tweak the movie better, um, it, it was uh, I was a little upsetting that we were a little rushed because, um, you know, we... we we went live when the doors opened and I think the doors actually opened late, but that's neither here nor there. Um, it was just, I love doing panels and this one's no different. I think that there's, um, this is Mike's conception, uh, movie fixers, Mike D'Angelo's. And, um, I think we're still working on it to, to tweak it, to be a little bit better. You're going to hear another one of these movie fixers in a few weeks. Uh, we went live at the wizard world comic con in 2019, uh, with Dan Scully as our guest. And we all talked about different movies that we would have fixed to make a little bit better. Whether we liked them originally or not, uh, is for us to find out when that episode drops. But I think we made some tweaks to better that show and 
and we're going to continue to do the same thing uh, the next time we get to opportunity to do movie fixers and, and we'll, we'll continue to do that uh, with all our panels um, and, and while 2020 seems like a year we probably won't be doing any panels um, I, I, I am very hopeful for what the future holds with um, everything is awesome and moderating panels and putting stuff on uh, for, for all the Philadelphia conventions, including the great Philadelphia Comic-Con, uh, Wizard World, who've um, welcomed us with open arms over the last few years. Uh, I hope to get into Keystone Comic-Con and PAX Unplugged as well. Uh, they're two, I mean, PAX Unplugged especially is, is one of my favorite cons. So, um, so shout out to, uh, I believe his name was Jason from the great Philadelphia comic con. He was my point of contact there, uh, for kind of helping get everything situated. We really dug the room that we were in. I believe it was panel room one. Um, and, and it just, it, it looked, it was, it was way more than what we deserve. We had nice couches and chairs and stuff. Uh, it was very, very exciting. Um, so, uh, I want to get this out here for you guys. Uh, we're a few days late in posting it. Um, than when I wanted it to, we're, we're still finding our schedule as we, um, get back into, uh, posting on a regular basis. Uh, we are trying to do new ish content on Wednesdays. What that's going to consist of is that's going to consist of brand new interviews that we conduct throughout, um, the next few weeks and, and months here, uh, just like we normally would as well as um, live shows from 2019. Maybe we'll throw in a sprinkling of other other things. And then uh, either on Fridays or Mondays, I haven't decided yet, um, we're going to be posting uh, from our backlog, which includes interviews with like Garrett Smith from I Like to Movie Movie, Aaron Catano Saez from all my fantasy children and a select few other uh, things that we have in our backlog of podcasts. Um, and uh, I, I just I appreciate all you guys for coming back to the show. Um, I appreciate the guests who have been re- really kind of, um, you know, understanding about why we didn't post, you know, last year. And of course, um, I, I just a shout out to uh, all the future guests who, you know, we've already recorded our next show will probably be with. Uh, Ryan Lauer from the Batman Book Club podcast. Uh, it's going to be a cross-promotional thing. I was a guest on his podcast as well. Uh, I think they're dropping around the same time. Of course, shout out to Jason Tabris for um, kind of helping kickstart Everything is Awesome in 2020 here. Uh, before we leave, we like to end Everything is Awesome with a call to action. Super friends, there are a lot of terrible things happening in the world right now. Um, I mean, I, I don't think that has to be said, uh, especially here in 2020 with the COVID-19 crisis that's going on. Um, but it could feel like we can't do anything to help, but we can. If we get together and make a difference by calling our representatives, we can affect change. One of the easiest and most effective ways to action is to call your representatives about issues that are important to you. Uh, There are so many issues out there right now. I think the biggest thing right now is when it comes to voting, Uh, whether it be, you know, mail-in ballots, whether it be uh, voting rights across the board, um, whether it be whatever, There are several things. You can find issues like ending corruption and defending voting rights uh, on a site uh, to help you uh, call your reps. And when I call my reps, I use that site, which is called 5calls.org. That's the number 5calls.org. There, you'll find issue summaries for issues that are important to you, contact information for your representatives, and a script to read while you're on the phone to make sure your message gets across. Calling is quick, easy, and is one of the most effective ways for you to have your voice heard. And in 2020, it's a, it's a, big election year um and if you are in a state that offers mail-in absentee ballots with everything that's going on right now i highly recommend that you uh, register for that um if you're in pennsylvania where we're based out of uh, the deadline for that has already passed um but if you're in another state and the deadline has not passed please please make sure you do it it's, it's so important especially if you have a fear of leaving 
um, and going to a public place like a voting uh, station for, you know, during this this COVID-19 pandemic here. Um, an absentee ballot's the best way to have your, your vote count. Um, and this is, again, a big, big election year. Uh, if we want to see things, I think, uh, move in a, in a better direction, um, we, we need to make some changes. So um, whether whoever you're going to vote for, uh, it is your right to vote and make sure you have that right to vote. Check your voter registration. Uh, make sure you haven't been purged out. Uh, and if you're able to do mail-in absentee ballots, uh, be, especially this year, it, it's the year to do it if you think you're not going to be able to get, make it out to the polls. So please, please, please check all that. Um, and uh, I just want to thank uh, every everyone. I just want to thank all our supporters on patreon.com slash that nerdy kev and ko-fi.com slash that nerdy kev. Without their support, we wouldn't be able to bring this awesome episode to you. If you want to support us in a non-monetary way, word of mouth recommendations and five-star rating and reviews on Apple Podcasts are the best ways to spread the good word of awesome. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Real Awesome Pod or on Instagram at Awesome Podcast. We're available on awesomepodcast.com or thatentertains.com slash network. Get news about everything is awesome from our website, social media accounts, or my personal Twitter at that nerdy kev. If you're interested in ad rates, live appearances, help with your podcast, or have a question or comment, emails at awesome at com. Everything is Awesome is a production of That's Entertainment Podcast Network in association with Green Humor Studios. Green Humor Studios is a Philadelphia-based production company specializing in audio, video, and live performances. You can find more information at com. Thanks for listening, Super Friends. We've been awesome. This episode of Everything is Awesome is brought to you by Telest. Telest is a fantasy world created by Michael D'Angelo. Spanning 15 novels and novellas, Telus is a place of magic and splendor, where great heroes fight for the people. Some of these heroes are blessed with the strain, granting them uncanny abilities. The Telus universe is medieval superhero fantasy with steampunk elements that mix with several different mythologies. With so much to choose from, the world is in your hands. Get more information, purchase the books, and discover the world of Telus at Telus.com. Entertainment and culture. Artist owned, fan supported.